You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Flying Casual. We're back after an impromptu hiatus. Holly, it was good to be away for a little while. Well, I feel like we've been gone for so long, I don't even remember what Star Wars is. No, yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, you know, it's that space opera, um, you know, with um, the the Enterprise and um, Spock. Yeah, big space station. Some there, explosions. No, that you're thinking of something else. <laughs> That's something else. I can't uh, even big get explosions. the joke right. Um, you guys, we are back after a little, a little impromptu uh, getaway. Um, some traumatic experiences. <laughs> We're going to recap all that here in a little bit. But Luke is back as well. And unfortunately, guys, all of you audio listeners, uh, things are looking a little different right now, and that we're not recording video, which. Holly is very unfortunate because Luke got a haircut and he looks damn well like Leonardo DiCaprio. Very dapper. Very dapper. It's like if if Seth Avett went out and got a haircut like like Leo DiCaprio for shooting Titanic, that would be Luke Elder. Luke, how, how you doing, my friend? Do you, please tell me that you remember what Star Wars is so you can drive this ship. I do remember, and this is the uh, this was the Seth Avett cut his hair for the. Uh, Oh damn! Which album? Um, Emotionalism? Oh, no, no, the more recent one. Oh, Anna uh, Brothers trivia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the br- re- Magpie and the Dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely dropped the ball on this. But, Closer together. Uh, in like 2015, <laughs> he cut his hair off, Shit. and uh, it was fairly short. But then he let it all grow back, and God, and we, he's back to the same old. But I'm like, uh, it's like. Uh, Obi-Wan in the scene um, in the elevator in Attack of the Clones when his hair is about twice as long as it is in the rest of the movie. And uh, George is like, "Ah, no, it's got to be shorter than that for the rest (laughs) of the movie. But we're not refilming those scenes. So it's George saw some of the podcasts and um, he told me to to cut the hair. Little known plot hole there. Who knew? One of many. So in case anybody's Uh, trying to visualize what Luke looks like, he just gave you a lot of really great options. You know what I've actually seen him doing a lot of? You know when, uh, after Obi-Wan just owns Anakin on Mustafar? Are you talking about Luke still? Yes. I've seen him do this a couple times via Skype. Uh, When Obi-Wan owns him and and he's flying and and he gets in the ship and C-3PO's flying away and he just like puts his hand through his hair. A lot. I've seen Luke stroking that hair, Holly. Well, he did you a and hair him flip. got that going on. <laughs> I can't do that. He did a hair flip earlier, like a full oh, diva flip. See, that's why we need the video going. Could have been dramatic. Could have been epic. Put it in slow motion. That would have been awesome. Fabio. And the Avid album hair. is True Sadness. True that's, Sadness. That's when uh, Seth Less cut his hair. That was a solid album, too. Guys, I'm sorry. I know we've talked about this multiple times on the yeah. podcast, but I still don't know the difference between Scott and Seth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Embarrassing. And you call yourself an Avid Brothers We just stan. saw them, too. I've been standing the Avid Brothers with Luke for a long time, and you're a more recent stan. I know. I jumped on the Avid Brothers bandwagon. Stan ban- bandwagon. St- stand. The stan band. Stan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael still doesn't know what stan means. No, I don't. Well, I see probably... it on Twitter, though. I know. Yes, it's all over Twitter. So, guys, we there's a long story behind uh, why we've been away for several weeks. And you're going to hear the whole thing right here, right now. You're going to hear it right here, right now, because it's an interesting one. So, 
you know, we have our bi-monthly book club, right? And we've got our, our Patreon groups together to, uh, Holly, what book were we talking about? It's been a month oh, now at this dang. point. dang, we were talking about... Rogue One, a Star Wars novel. Uh, so, guys, we're five minutes into the discussion. Really great discussion. Loved the book. <laughs> um, it was going really well. And then we just hear what sounded, Holly, like an avalanche, uh, but felt like an earthquake. Yeah, I think if that if I don't know is that accurate? Well, I don't know. I've repressed every single memory of that night. So So guys, what we, we obviously something bad was happening outside of our house and we kind of felt the house rumble. Um and so we found out uh soon after that our neighbor's 50-foot pin oak fell on our house. Uh, so that happened live while recording book club. Uh, needless to say, book club was cut short. Um, I have yet to go back and listen to any of the recorded audio because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that would trigger some some PTSD, Holly. 100%. Uh, so, we guys, we needed some time to, to, to clean stuff up and get some things fixed up. Um, Emotionally, our, spiritually, absolutely. and physically. I, I mean, our sump up, water lines all got jacked. Um, so we had to do some quick fixes there. Still waiting on some contractors to get uh, chopper base back in order, but uh, we feel comfortable enough now that we're up in the loft, keeping it casual. Uh, I'm not wearing pants during this recording. I don't think Luke is either. So we're we're not shooting video. We might not be shooting video for a little while, uh, but we're just gonna chill back. It's a Patreon exclusive. It's a Patreon no <laughs> pants video. Yeah, the the lower third is all video. And this it's is just fine, casual. Third. The pantsless podcast. Uh, that sounds really sexy, actually. <laughs> People would pay probably fifty dollars a month for that after hours. Seriously, so things like that happened, uh, and you know it's unfortunate and and it was crazy. Uh, so we had to do a lot of fixes, um, and then we just need to get away for a while to go to the north woods of Maine and just enjoy nature, get away, disconnect, and, and it was much needed. Holly, do you feel better after getting away for a little while? Not talking about Star Wars, not talking about trees falling on the house or anything. I'm not going to lie, being in the woods with no cell phone signal away from literally every single other person ever is a pretty great feeling. It's freaking best. I know. So I came back feeling very refreshed. Yeah. I almost stayed. Yeah. I almost didn't come back. back. (laughs) Uh, And it'd be difficult, you know, recording a podcast up in in North Maine uh, on the lake, you know, just chill as I'll get out. Wouldn't that be terrible, Holly? You know, I will say this. Within the last eight months, my family did just upgrade from dial up to Wi-Fi. So we may get Luke in, you know, maybe two megabytes per second. Well, that might be a tough Skype call, but I think we can make it happen. It, it could work. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, I appreciate you, uh, you know, being patient with this. There's there's other things going on uh, that you'll be privy to uh, soon enough, but uh, we needed some time to get away. And, and while we were away, quite a bit happened in Star Wars land. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time we all talked, uh, Luke and I were talking about the uh, – the um, second to last episode of The Bad Batch. And I don't think we ever all talked about the finale together um, and how epic it was. So we're going to talk about that finale. Um, I don't think it was Camino Lost. It probably had another title. I don't recall. Um, it's been a month at this point. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then some other cool things have happened since we've been gone. Um, that really great Disney Gallery behind-the-scenes uh, documentary. 
of the uh, Mandalorian season finale uh, with Mark Hamill and Dave Filoni and John Favreau. It was epic. We're going to talk about it. Um, and then also we're going to have a little chat about Star Wars Visions because I'm intrigued. Uh, we've got a couple of hardcore, you know, anime fans here on the podcast, so it's going to be a very fascinating discussion to see what these guys think. Uh, and I know they're ex- as excited as I am. So, but first, before we get into any of that, let's let's talk about this Bad Batch. Uh, Luke, you and I were talking about the second to last episode. This 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 wrapping of of the Bad Batch really felt like the really the end of the Clone Wars. And really the end of an era of Star Wars that we're probably never, ever going to revisit. And that was this this Camino prequels kind of era. It felt it felt just like closing the book on all that prequel era. Um, and then I think the finale really, you know, there was some cool stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I think I kind of like the second to last episode a little more than that finale. But what? it's been a few weeks. But what did you think of that finale? Did it Was it a satisfying ending for you? Yeah, I love the point you made when we we last spoke about it it being such a great like epilogue to Revenge of the Sith and or bookend on just the Clone Wars generally. Yeah, to really see the the fall of Kamina, where the where the Clone Wars, um, you know, were given life. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, um, and it was it was really powerful imagery. I thought it, it would have maybe been more intriguing if the season actually ended with the second to last episode yeah and we were left with a little bit of a cliffhanger about what happened to the bad batch um you know how are they going to get out of this mess because the second episode of the two episode arc that made it the finale was good the visuals were stunning as usual and there were some good emotional beats but to me it didn't add as as much yeah as I might have thought it would being the season finale. So I could have maybe done with it being the, the season premiere of season two. Yeah. Um, but that's a small thing in the grand scheme of things, I think. So I think overall, you know, a, a solid season one that may, leaves us wanting more. It does. It's uh, surprisingly enough. I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, some more time with these fellas, but I, I think Luke, you make a great point. Like I, it, it would have been intriguing to be like, yeah, we, we probably know that they survive, but to pick up right at the beginning of a second season with, okay, so back to Crosshair, what what the hell is going to happen? I think that would have been pretty epic. Um, and what's happened to these guys? Maybe one of them, maybe we lost one of them. I don't know, but it would have been intriguing to be kind of waiting for several months, maybe even years for another season. Holly, you seem to enjoy it as well. I think big prequel fan here at the table. So did it did it take you back? To those early 2000s when you were, I don't know, a wee child uh, enjoying Star Wars. What, what, did, what did you think of that finale of The Bad Batch? Um, it did not take me back. Okay. Um, but that's enough about the prequels. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that the season finale felt a little anticlimactic for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of to echo what Luke said, I thought the visuals were really great. And I loved... All of the music that went with every yeah. single scene that was happening. I truly, in my opinion, I think the music kind of stole the episode. For sure. Um, and kind of made it. But I just, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they had announced a second season before we got yeah. the first season finale kind of took something away from it, it for me. Because it didn't kind of leave you like questioning like 
how is this going to wrap up? Is this it? Do we get more? Like, do we have to wait for certain things to happen? And so it kind of like, I think that's part of the reason for me why it felt a little anticlimactic is because it was kind of like, well, I mean, whatever happens in this episode, we already know that we're going to pick back up in a year and just keep like continue the story on. So like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I got cheated a little bit Yeah. when that, when I finished watching that episode. But I do think that overall, um, I know this was a discussion in the group as well when it happened, like when the episode aired, but I think that overall, I think it, it was still super good. And I think it had some really great messages. Yeah. And I think that we kind of lose that this is a TV show that is, you know, has children as the target audience. And so I think the final episode did um, have a little bit of closure in for Omega dealing with grief and making amends with, you know, the people that maybe in her life she really looked up to that yeah. had let her down. Um, and I feel like maybe on a different level that needed to happen, especially for some of the younger audience that would be watching. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was probably a good call, I guess. But me, as a 29-year-old Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. I could have done, like Luke said, with more of a cliffhanger or a little bit more drama. Holly, so much of what you just said I loved. And the first is that you're right. Uh, not a great marketing strategy, throwing the uh, the tease that there's a season two before we get the finale. I, I I always love, I think Marvel does a great thing. Luke and I talked about, like, at the end of a movie or something, it's like, hey, Thor will return. Great, that's awesome. But like you said, we knew something terrible was going to happen, but it obviously wasn't that terrible to a point where it's like, they're, well, they're going to be back, and it's going to be great and hunky-dory. But, um, and you're right. There was some, some really great messaging Um that happened throughout, you know, this, this, this series about family and chosen family and, 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 and things like that. Um, but what I really liked what you talked about is, is, um, is Omega dealing with grief. Um, I think at this point, this is the first time we've ever really see her like be wrong about something. She seems so confident for this kid. She seems to have all the answers. She's swindling people out of their money. She's, she's making epic saves. She's, she's just, you know, so, cool calm and collected but there's this moment she had with crossy where she's like i was wrong about you and i feel like she's gonna have to deal with that now um so but that that intrigues me then as to like okay so who is this person like what is what is her story going to be are we gonna see an older omega in the future hanging out with hera sandula and friends Mm, and company which would be super cool that would be pretty dope right because you know it was cool that she had those interactions with her connected it kind of made sense um, it could have been a little bit of a stretch, but it kind of made sense. And so will they reconnect? It seems like they, they likely will. Um, but I think that's a genius way. We all love Hera um, to bring Omega into this, this Star Wars family and, and, and add the love there. But um, I love so much what you were saying. Um, I, yeah, I just don't do that next time, Star Wars. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell us what's happening. Uh, we don't need that. Just let us enjoy what we're, what we're going to witness and then let that be that. Um, what are the best moments, guys? Um, what's the little droid's name? Az? Is that what we found out? Az. Az. This guy is adorable for one, and a freaking (laughs) hero. Yeah. Okay, like he's up there with R two. If yeah, I mean making sacrifices. That was one of the most compelling emotional moments in the entire series. Like I had some moments where like it was chilling, like when when uh, Wrecker like just turned on a dime i was like what's that like that was creepy there were some really nice moments 
uh, with Hunter and Omega and stuff. But like, man, when when Omega was you know falling down and, and AZ saves her, that's up there for me. I was super emotional, Luke. I mean, AZ, win your heart in that moment. I have like mixed feelings about that. When I was when I was watching it for the first time and I saw her get out of yeah. her pod to yeah. go for the droid, it's like Star Wars does make us feel these emotional attachments for the droid so often but in the end it's uh it's an electronic it's yeah it's not real life so for her to to take such a great risk for the droid it isn't terribly like logical yeah um but it is it was it was powerful but i I think i like said aloud to the tv (laughs) as i was watching like what are you doing (laughs) don't do that (laughs) But it's but it's a, but there's Holly a layer of sadness there though too because yeah. you're like, damn that AZ's probably her only I, friend that she's yeah. ever known like literally ever. That's sad, you know. Yeah. And and there's been times I guess you know where you know we we don't leave our droid friends behind because they that's what but that's what Star Wars does such a good job of like logically you're like yeah like we could probably rebuild this dude but like. To us, you know, as fans, they're sentient. They're, they're they're like they're part of the family, and yeah, we didn't have much of a connection with him. And I too thought Luke, it would have been very emotional if he sacrificed himself. It's like, damn, like droids. I mean, well, he kind of was though because he yeah. was running out of power. Yeah. He didn't think that he would have enough power to get them all up to the top. Yeah, he, he could have had yeah. kind of a K two S O moment where yeah. when he dies, save you know, helping God, the cause. Right? Yeah. yeah. That was one of the best moments in Star Wars too. When droids make sacrifices, it's epic. That should be a mini series. Yeah. When droids make sacrifices, no, That's that right. sounds really morbid. <laughs> Seriously, a compilation of just <laughs> oh no, you know, yeah. But uh, who could go the other way of, of droids enslaving <laughs> humans and sacrificing? Oh them. <laughs> I think at some point we're going to get to that with Star Wars. So much of the novelizations have hinted at there being some sort of droid uprising. Droid, uh, yes. I mean, a robot rebellion. Even, even when droids go bad. Even Solo hinted at it with that little uprising. But like the novels have been hardcore about droids' rights and them being sentient and yeah. and and them wanting to just. You know they don't like the way they've been treated, and then and they realize yeah, that, and collectively they can do some damage. Yeah, the third Alphabet Squadron book had a an entire planet that the droids had taken over, and they had to go to and like deal yes. with this planet where it's fully run by the droids, and they're like oh. just out for themselves at that point. And there was a lot in so many of the the novels these mentions of like the the this gang that's out there that's just droids too. Mm-hmm comes up in a lot of the story so yeah it seems like it's maybe a book thing that i don't know if it's yeah. gonna cross over into shows but we'll but, see. It, but it makes sense though because like you had like in some of the legends book series you got the yuzen vong they're like these kind of you know this enemy and but like they'll, they'll probably never do a yuzen vong thing but to me like a like kind of what they're doing in the high republic with the nile that's fine and stuff, but to me, man, you could do some cool shit with droids, and we don't really care if we massacre them or whatever. So let's have a let's have a droid uprising and let the, let them be a huge epic villain, uh, maybe led by some like ancient Sith. I don't know. Well, it's kind of like, what do you expect? You yeah. know, you make these droids yeah. to serve you and do things that you need help doing. If it's taking care of your kids or yeah. cleaning your house or. I don't know, shooting intruders. Like, yeah. 
but then you also want them to have a personality yeah. and you want them to be able to talk to you yeah. and then you want to adjust their humor levels or how aggravated they get or yeah. how sassy they are. And it's like at some point you're pretty much just creating a little human for sure just without an actual like human anatomy. And when Holly, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into robots and how Thanks. they can assist us in the future. I mean, have you pitched any of those ideas to iRobot? Like, Hey, they clean the house, but like they also answer the door with like a nine millimeter just in case shit goes, you know, south. Um, so at this time I'm not actually able to speak on that. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're in a, yeah, you're in a contract right now. You can't disclose. That's okay, right. Yeah, I okay. have an NDA, but you'll find out. Okay. Good deal. Um, I want to think. I'm going to think of some names here in a little bit as to what this product will be called. But um, I imagine it'll be like an IG8811 kind of thing. You know, I can see IG. Actually, IG would make a really great like housekeeper. Like he, like you know, like I could see him throwing an apron on, like doing some dishes, like cooking some meals. He's like flipping pan clocks, you know, here and with but this then arm, pulling out but the then, artillery but and <laughs> checking yeah. the door. I, I mean, I think that's actually a great. It reminds me of the Jetsons or something like with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, oh God, I don't remember what her name was, uh, but they had a robot who was kind of like that. She was awesome. Bring back the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. They also had a cute dog. Oh, you're right. What was his name? I don't remember. We don't care. Astro. Astro. Ah. Uh, but we don't remember the robot's name. Damn it. Uh, that's okay. Somebody ask Siri. Yeah, I can't. Siri will take over the conversation if we ask <laughs> her that, I'm sure. But uh, see, there she is. She's like, I'm not sure I understand. She said, great. Good. She's always we listening. don't need a droid uprising, Siri. Okay. <laughs> Siri starts Siri droid uprising. Yeah. Siri uprising. So more to come from iRobot and, and Holly's pitch. Uh, maybe you'll see an IG eleven out there. You know, answering doors, making deliveries, and uh, flipping some pan clocks. Making deliveries. Deliveries. Yeah. Assets. I do have something that sparked in my head when you were talking earlier, Michael, about season two. Yeah. I, I wonder. You talk about an older Omega, and it hadn't dawned on me until just now that um, maybe we'll get a decent time jump for season two. You know, I always, up until now, just kind of assumed it would pretty much pick up where we left off with maybe a small amount of time that had passed, but nothing like that noticeable. But it's really intriguing to me that maybe if they do jump it a bit forward and let her mature a bit more, maybe... Uh, yeah. What do you think? That's a likely scenario. I would be so down for that. Uh-huh. It, it kind of runs into like it, it makes me think of when this the show is first coming out, and I always make comparisons to the you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and how similar these guys are with them. I, and they do that; they'll make a time jump, and it's like shit. Okay, like Raph's out doing his own thing. Leo is in a different country. Like, tra- like what the hell happened? Oh, some shit went down and the brothers are separated right now. How are we going to get them back together? What happened is, you know, what I think that would be fascinating to me. And where does Omega fit into all that? Oh, her, her I'll tell Hunter you. Out dominating nah, she's by herself. Good. She's gone rogue. She's good. in a really dark place. She's not doing good things. Really? You know, You you think she may be out there using the force and just, you know. Yes, think like Kylo Ren on Mustafar, except she's like, maybe she turns into a bounty hunter. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she visits the Eye of Webbish Bog, you know, and Uh, and attempts, no? I didn't mean that she would be at Mustafar. I just mean that her opening scene for season two would be very similar to that. She just 
mowing people down. It makes sense because people are just saying she's a Skywalker at this point. No. You sure? Stop. Like, not everybody's a freaking Skywalker. Come on, Holly. I'm a Skywalker. You're a Skywalker. Luke's a Skywalker. <laughs> We're all a Skywalker. Well, Luke probably is a Skywalker, but... He's an Avid. There's a difference. Or is there? I don't know, actually. The Force is with them both. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, like, uh, stop with the Skywalkers. Yeah. Other people can be heroes, too, damn it. Well, that's true. But, I, I mean, that's that same story of finding, you know, your fam- your chosen family. And it's... Mm-hmm. Ah, I mean, but you see, on. it doesn't have to just doesn't be the Skywalkers that, that go right. through these struggles. You're it's right. everyday people. Could be the clones, you know, the... the yeah. You know? I, he's got a family out there. Somewhere. Somewhere. Does he? Michael Kloon. Luke Kloon. Holly Kloon. <laughs> We're all Kloon. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate or not, but... It's not. It's not. Um... So so we're excited about a season two, right? I think I like I like what Luke said. Like, let's jump some time. Yes, please. That that is that is Star Wars, and I feel like we have just been. Jump- I mean, I, the, the Bad Batch just picks up right where the Clone Wars kind of left us. You know, like I just like let's let's jump some time. That's what happens in Star Wars. Let's explain what's going on. That makes a lot of sense. So and maybe you like, can have a novel to fill in time. Are we yeah. like pre rebels? For like post, like after the for season like a two? season two. I mean, it could be happening simultaneously, I right? Mean, that would be kind of maybe cool. we get a Princess Leia somewhere in there. That'd be crazy. Like maybe, yeah, maybe she's on the side of the rebellion. Maybe she has some more interactions with Hera. You know, I mean, that would be super cool. I mean, that kind of goes like that's like the opposite of what I just said, but like I would be down for yeah. either. Maybe pre ghost crew, like she, you know, helped kind of set things up, and something went south, or we lost her. I don't know. I don't know. Man. An omega sacrifice. The possibilities are endless, Luke. Yep. Like absolutely, he did this to us. He did. He, he's he's known to do that. He's known to to make epic calls. So. We're excited for it. I'm excited for it. I think everyone was surprised by this series. Um, and so, yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, guys, we're going to take a, a little five-minute break. Mike needs a new uh, pumpkin ale, a little little uh, Sam Adams Jacko. Uh, we're going to refresh Holly with some, some, some agua. Um, and Luke's going to go do a couple uh, fireball shots. And, and we'll be back just uh, here in a moment talking about Visions and uh, the Star Wars Gallery uh, special. Guys, we're back. We're hydrated, and uh, it takes a lot to get Holly to sit down and watch documentaries. Documentaries. Sorry. Documentaries. Documentaries. Nailed it. Documentaries. Yes. You. Yeah. You. That's you. Coined the phrase. Uh, Documentaries. Holly, it takes a lot for you to sit down and watch something. Because, you know, not all documentaries are just like, Holly likes some fast-paced action. She likes the Fast 9. She loves Fast and Furious series. Uh, right, Holly? You're a big fan. <laughs> That's actually, actually, like triple actually not true. Tri- Wait, triple not true. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were saying tri- triple X, which also a Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> Right. Okay. First Vin of all, Diesel stand. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel stand. Holly uh, Wall. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, sure. I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah. I actually know nothing about him, so I can't speak on that. That's but okay. uh, that is incorrect. Okay. I have never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I'm not interested in action movies, and I don't like cars. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> so Michael is like, you don't know me at all. I have just um, met you apparently. Moving on. Yeah. I love document documentaries. Documentaries. Okay. I love documentaries and um, I like Star Wars. But just the Star Wars documentaries, you're just like, mm, whatever. I, I don't need to see it. Okay, I don't. That's yeah. like the thing. I might get some hate for that, but I. So it is hard for me to sit down and watch Star Wars documentaries. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I'm just like, but I just like watch this in the show. Yeah. And I don't need to have it narrated. And see, Holly, that's, that's where we differ because I think it's some of the best stuff that, that Disney and Lucasfilm is doing. It's, uh, it's just. I want it all. Give it all to me. I want to know how it's made. I, I will watch it over and over and over and over. I got just as emotional watching the Disney Gallery today with you as I did the first time I watched it. So that that is where we differ. But you sat down and you watched it. By myself. By yourself. Didn't fall asleep. It didn't even didn't pull my phone it. out. Didn't even start going through the gram, you know, <laughs> checking out Vin Diesel's stand. <laughs> I can't. Um, whatever that means. So, but what did you think, Holly? You, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I did. Come I liked, on. honestly, uh, I liked the way that this was filmed a lot more than like the roundtable discussions they would do yeah. with the actors, which, I mean, those Is that because it didn't have Kathleen Kennedy this time? Or what, I mean, what's, Ugh, what's going Kathleen on? Kathleen Kennedy. No, I love Kathleen okay. Kennedy. Um, I think that there is something very soothing and comforting about Jon Favreau. Amen. It's like and everyone's dad. I was literally just going to say, I love my dad. <laughs> But if dad. I could get a second dad, yeah, it would him. be John Favreau. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think that John Favreau, like, I'm so glad that he is making yeah. TV shows Absolutely. and movies and everything he does is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I love him and Chef. Like, it's perfect. Absolutely. But I also think that he would be a really good college professor. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think that he would be, like, a life-changing professor. He just Prof has Favreau. such a, like, yeah. he just, like has such a love like a love of learning he does he really and does. he's so enthusiastic about everything that he does yeah it just makes you enthusiastic about it absolutely and that comes out in his creations mm -hmm. so i did get a little emotional when he was talking about yeah. being emotional about seeing r2 yeah which by the way just goes along with the last conversation we had yeah. about droids yeah you're right yeah everyone loves a, a droid everyone loves a droid um yeah this 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 you know, season finale Mandalorian Disney Gallery was such a welcome surprise. I love what they've been doing. Like Holly said, I, I've enjoyed the kind of roundtables just to kind of see different thoughts and what the different directors were thinking at the time. I mean, with this one, obviously, it's just like Peyton Reed he, that he was directing that. Um, so you didn't really get a lot of, you know, discussion from others. Most of those other directors weren't even around. They were actually out shooting uh, other episodes during this, this scene. Intentionally. Intentionally, yeah. But just the amount of effort that went into creating this moment was just epic. And I think, you know, when we first when we first started talking about this, when The Mandalorian, you know, the second season was coming out, and I'm pretty sure Luke was the first one in the entire universe to say, you know, guys, Luke Skywalker's probably going to make an appearance in this show. And and I was just like, dude, I don't know if I need that. And I think Michael's actual response was yeah. like, Psh. Yeah, I just, it just didn't. Okay. I, but it makes a lot of sense now, especially after even hearing Mark Hamill talk about, well, of course, why wouldn't I interact with this little guy? Like, I'm, I'm the only one who's interacted with this species. Like, it, it just it makes sense, and it and it, I, it just made me appreciate that that scene so much more. I mean, don't get me wrong. When we watched it, Holly, I literally jumped over the couch, and it was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, I, it was it was such a an epic just 
moment in pop culture. Just, you know, just as, you know, Star Wars has been in the past, it was just yeah. an epic moment. And I appreciated that. But I think after watching this, I was just like, wow, look at all the care that went into this and, and, and how much these creators actually know that it's going to resonate with the fans. And that's why they're doing it. You know, yeah, it can make sense. But the reason they're doing it is because they, they, they're doing it for the fans. They know that's what the fans wanted. I, I think it, that was just, it was just beautiful. Um, well, also, yeah. Uh, John Favreau and Peyton Reed also said that they were doing it for Mark Hamill. For Mark Hamill, and, and which I thought was cool. Yeah, just when he talks about his appreciation for the fandom and his character, you just know the guy loves it, and it's it's why I love going to celebration and just listening to him talk. Um, he he's just he's so appreciative for the life he's been given, and and he just loves the fans, and he was so pumped to give this back to the fans. But it's also intriguing how fascinated he is with the character, and it kind of you can kind of see now where he's coming from when the Last Jedi came out, and he was kind of bummed that like oh this is my character, uh, but this is kind of a redeeming moment for him I think, and it's a big win for him and and a lot of the fans that kind of wanted to see that side of Luke Skywalker as well. Luke, you got a chance to watch it. I mean, were you as obsessed with all the special behind the scenes Mark Hamill footage uh, like I was? I mean, that, that that was I was blown away. I think I could watch a compilation of that stuff all day. What what, what was what was your favorite part of this, this this special doc? Yeah, I was happy that they they got around to releasing this, and it was really interesting that they split this off from everything else because I remember finishing up the this behind the scenes they released for season two earlier in the year and you know this was this huge hole at the end that didn't include the luke skywalker yeah. appearance and how they did it and what was mark hamill's involvement exactly so i'm so happy that you know they just made us wait a little longer but they followed up with it and gave it to us and i, I love what you guys are saying about uh favreau he's um he's so sincere yeah and and he doesn't try to be anything that he's not that's right. Like he knows he's not as sweaty as Filoni yeah. with the lore and, and having actually worked with George all that time. Uh, he knows he's not that and he doesn't try to be that. And he's got Filoni there to do that. Um, he's just who he is. And he has this strong emotional connection to the, to the universe of star Wars. Yeah. And um, it, he may not love the prequels as much as other people or, have watched every single thing and, and read every book, but he like gets the emotional connection to it and it's important to him. And to, yeah, that, that story of him uh, just getting choked up in the presence yeah. of R2 sort of coming to life yeah. as they're filming it, it was uh, really great to hear from somebody who's like, it's their job to be around movie sets and uh, you bring these things to life all the time, but it, it hasn't lost its power even to somebody like that who, who kind of sees it every day, but it still, it still holds a, a powerful emotion for him. So that was great to see. Uh, and then with, uh, I thought it was really fascinating that he also touched on like the, the moral societal aspects of this technology to be able to take people's voices and images and, and recreate them yeah. <laughs> you know make a mark camel who's uh, 35 years younger yeah. and or even to make somebody with the, the voice technology basically say things they never said and like how that 
is something we have to consider as a society, how we approach that and keep in mind what what this being widely available uh, will entail yeah. <laughs> or how we interact as a society and what comes up. So that was like a, a very fascinating non sort of Star Wars piece of it, just talking about this amazing video and, and audio technology. Yeah, I, I think it was important for them to say that because we are all just so dumbfounded in, in, with ha- with where this technology is going and how what the potential, like what you can do with this. You can you can cre- you can create uh, original trilogy like stories with just all artificial intelligence now. Like they they can do that, and in ten years, you won't be able to tell the difference between Mark Hamill from seventy seven or you know whatever they can do with artificial intelligence, it'll look the exact same. And I love that he's bringing that up that, Hey, we've got to keep an eye on this. And we, you know, as the creators and journalists and things like that, this is going to be a problem. I, I remember seeing just a couple years ago, uh, someone did a deep fake of president Obama giving a speech. And what he was saying was terrifying. And I could not tell that that was not Barack Obama speaking. And it was it's it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing that could be used uh, as propaganda. It could be used, you know, in very mischievous ways. Um, and I, I'm just really appreciative that you know we're we're warning future generations too. Like, yes, this is great, but like there has to be safeguards because in the wrong hands, you know, it could really really be a problem. So I thought that was like a and welcome he, surprise. He managed to tie it into the story. He basically yeah. said that the the chain codes yeah. that they reference as being an identifier in Star Wars I mean, when you know like Boba Fett references that and we they've referenced it with the uh, the bounties when you know he was given a bounty to go find and more so in season 1 when he was still doing that kind of work regularly and he's basically like that is is blockchain technology yeah. that we have for cryptocurrencies in our real life but it has these you know it has these other uses to basically authenticate things. Absolutely. So you could have blockchain on a video or sound clip to say, this is the, this is legitimate. This actually occurred. This person actually said it. Whereas like a deep fake wouldn't have that, that blockchain on it. So you could be able to tell. Now, I don't know that that just doesn't happen on its own. You have to kind of make that, safeguard happen but it was interesting how he's kind of tied it into the story and like oh hey we're using this concept of this blockchain chain code uh within the universe as well absolutely i think it's also important uh because i think that it would then be really easy for a lot of star wars fans to be like man like even mark hamill was kind of talking about it you know we didn't get to see like luke skywalker the jedi and his jedi prime and we didn't get to see any of these stories in between. And now with this te- new technology, like we can go back and we can fill in those gaps and make these stories. But yeah. I think the way it was done in the bad batch was really important because or the bad batch. Oh my God. <laughs> in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. was really important because it furthered this new storyline that we're learning mm-hmm. instead of going back and inserting stories into something that we already know if that makes sense you know what i'm saying yeah and it's but they've set a precedent now i mean like i i wasn't like so thrilled with the visual of luke and 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 it just 
it just felt very unnatural to me. But they've also just hired a deep faker who deep faked the Mandalorian, and it's good. It's really good. Like compare it to the actual take, it's better. And they hired that guy at Lucasfilm now. So good for him. Good for him, right? <laughs> like that's that's there's an example of it working out for someone. That's awesome. But they've set a precedent now, and they've seen the reaction. You know, you, you see how moved Mark Hamill was. You saw how awesome it was. I mean, Favreau was sending him reaction clips. Like, you've seen this response from the community to that little moment. How pressured are they now going to feel to go back and tell these stories just when I think all of us are kind of like, hey, we've accepted that the Skywalker story is done then they kind of reignite it again. Holly, is this a... I mean, are we going to get more adventures of Grogu and Luke Skywalker? Um, eh, I don't know. I, I think that that kind of concerns me a little bit. But I don't, I don't want to see this kind of lose its specialness. Yeah. Like, there was something very special exactly. about seeing this version of Luke Skywalker the way that we saw him. And I feel like people who didn't like The Last Jedi and people who wanted a little bit more of, like, that, like, badass Luke that Mm -hmm. they wanted to see maybe felt a little bit of closure when before they had kind of, you know, felt like they weren't being seen or heard. But I think... So that was a very special thing for everyone to experience. And I think that if you start doing this more and more often, it's going to kind of lose some of that. Yeah. And... I just, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Luke, what about you? I mean, it felt like we maybe had put the Skywalkers to rest and we were going to move forward. And then all of a sudden, Luke's saying, guys, I'm pretty sure Luke Skywalker's going to show up. I was like, dude, there's no <laughs> flipping way. But you called it. Like, are we now setting this? Pre- the fans enjoyed it. Like, they probably want more of it. Are we going to get more of it? Yeah, I felt it so strongly, and I, I can't remember how early in the season I predicted it. I want to say maybe after, like, the second yeah. episode. Or Absolutely. It was it was fairly early on that I w- was suggesting str- strongly that I felt it, that Luke was destined to be in the show. And ultimately, it was great that you had to wait to the very end of the season, and it's really only a matter of minutes that he's there because, yeah, yeah I think – you want to use it, use the character correctly and very carefully. And I always assumed there was great potential to do more post Return of the Jedi pre Force Awakens mm-hmm. uh, storytelling on Disney Plus in, in animated series. Yeah, made the most sense because um, less restricted by the <laughs> the age of the actors who portrayed the characters. Um, but now, yeah, the, the, I don't think a whole show could be done right now starring a character done in this way of the de-aged, yeah. um, character or the deep faked character, but the way they're talking and the way the technology is progressing, I don't know that it's that far off that you could have a show where the lead character is one. Uh, brought to life in this way. Yeah. And that really does open up the possibilities. Um, 
and gosh, it makes me thinking all the, all these actors are going to start putting in their wills. Like yeah. if they want to be deep faked after their death or if they'll yeah. leave it up to like their estate to decide on a case by case basis. Cause like Peter Cushing for um, the Tarkin character, Peter Cushing, the actor who played him. Um, I think that the Disney Lucasfilm went to his estate um, to clear having the, the Tarkin character portrayed in this deep fake way in, in Rogue One, um, you know, since he'd been deceased for some time. Um, and now it's like that, that kind of was really, we could look back as that being a really groundbreaking yeah. moment, the way things are, are going. Absolutely. I didn't realize until we watched this documentary, how much of, um, Carrie Fisher in The Rise of Skywalker was also put into that movie using this technology because I I don't know, maybe this is just me and I just wasn't aware and everybody else was, but I thought that that was all stuff that they had filmed previously and then they kind of piecemealed it together to have it make sense, but it seems like that's not actually the case. So I was even surprised to see how frequently this was being used in Star Wars already and were only just or at least I'm only just now becoming aware of it because of the Luke Skywalker episode in the Mandalorian, but definitely. Yeah. And it, and it works and it, it folks that aren't familiar with star Wars and stuff. I remember hearing people that went to rogue one. They had no idea that Tarkin was not that Peter Cushing had not passed. And they're like, Oh, okay. This guy, it's like, no, that's all computer generated. It's, it's, it's awesome when it's purposeful. It's, it's awesome when we can, when it supports the story, um, this Luke Skywalker here, it made sense. It, it, it makes sense that it was this time period that he was really the only one looking around for other Jedi. Um, so I'm I'm on board. If we want to tell the story, if, like I like what Luke's saying, let's do an animated series mm-hmm. with him and Grogu, and they you know they can kind of go on maybe those adventures that you know everyone loves with uh, with uh, Ben Skywalker and his dad going out and, and, and making saves and, and going on adventures. That'd kind of be cool, you know, kind of experiencing you know these moments like he had with Yoda. I, I think that would be super cool. And then maybe so far as to say they create this temple, and then maybe Master Grogu teaches Ben Solo a thing or two. I, 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 this is this is really funny speculation because I, I don't know if you caught or got this feeling from the the special behind the scenes. Favreau kind of reiterated how um, sort of definitive the Grogu story arc was in these first two mm-hmm. seasons and what a great sort of conclusion to the arc of this finale was. And I don't think that was one, a coincidence that he said that or two, a coincidence that it made the edit yeah. <laughs> of the show and that it's a, you know, it almost to me seemed like a message to the audience. Like you might not see the Grogu character on screen very soon yeah. again. Uh, and which suggests to me that I don't, I think we could go a whole Mandalorian season, a whole season three without yeah. seeing the character, except for maybe, you know, in a similar fashion where it's right at the very end, you get a couple of minutes of him like, Oh, I broke who's back for season four, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, he was talking like, I don't know, like they've kind of told all the Grogu story they wanted to tell right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad so you that's said a, that. That's pretty, you know, uh, that's pretty shocking or earth shattering for people to think that they won't get him in season three. 
especially for how for how much attention he brought to Star Wars from non-fans even. So to say, yeah, because even in the second season, he wasn't that prevalent. Like, you know, like, yeah, he was around, but, like, there was so much going on with Bo-Katan and Boba Fett. Like, there's so many other things going on. He really wasn't the center of attention. And I'm so glad you brought this up, Luke, because after Holly finished this doc, she made the exact point that you did. She's like, wow, John Favreau made a point to really say, like, this was it. Like, this is the, this is the, like you said, this is the arc. And that's that. And she said, I think that we're never going to see Grogu again. And it's fascinating that you both caught that. I didn't even catch that at all because in my mind, I'm like, well, then promise. He said, I will, we will see each other again. <laughs> Damn it. But maybe they won't. Maybe it's, you know, maybe that's something else that we'll find out later on in some other format. I don't know. Holly, you, you caught that as well. Yeah. I, I think I'm okay with that though, because it's kind of like, but it's kind of the same way that I felt about like, okay, we saw Luke one last time in his Jedi prime and yeah. He takes Grogu and they go off into the mm-hmm. galaxy, yeah. you know, and I mean, the rest is history. We just don't really know Grogu's, but I mean, I think I was okay with that because I thought yeah. it was kind of like a fun storyline and it really did like pull people into Star Wars and everybody felt that like super emotional goodbye. I think mm-hmm. John Favreau made a comment to say, you know, it was absolutely heartbreaking to have to see yeah. these characters leave. Peyton Reed was like, we had to have that emotion from Pedro Pascal at the end of it and yeah. and Grogu and just everyone who watched it felt the same emotions and it's so true but then I think that I was okay with saying like I don't know how much more of his story we would need you know yeah because I feel like it would kind of open up a lot of questions for later in Star Wars that they just wouldn't be able to work yeah to work in yeah and I don't think by we've seen the last of it by any means. I think we're just going to get a break because, I mean, when a, pop, a character gets popular, they they keep coming back. Ahsoka was in Gosh, Rebels, yeah. and now she's been in the Mandalorian. Now she's getting her own show, so they're not going to keep a popular character on the shelf forever. Uh, but to me, it's great because it clears the deck for season three to really focus in on this fascinating um, idea they've introduced of. Well, and it's kind of been in, in Star Wars for a while um, of what it what are Mandalorians in this like yeah. Mandalorian civil war. Yeah, I think it's that's going to be the huge focus of season three is you know control of the dark saber. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? These different sects and factions. What do they think about each other? Yeah, and and what does Din think about the kind of Mandalorian he was as a child, and now he's being exposed to these other Mandalorian philosophies. Uh, it it's that's really fascinating uh like it's like a religious denomination dispute like catholic protestant shia sunni it's uh that is really intriguing to me and i'm kind of would be glad for the baby the the grogu baby yoda cuteness uh side of things to be you know off away so we can focus on this a hundred percent i think people forget that the title of the show is literally the mandalorian, the mandalorian. Yeah. it's not like the din and grogu show you know also a great name though i would i mean it could, <laughs> could be a great sitcom entertaining 
It would Dan and Grogu as a sitcom would actually be spot on. I'm thinking kind of like a Wandavision kind of thing with them. That'd be great. That'd be kind of cool if they did something like that. But right. that's not this show. That's not this show. But you guys are right. Like we've just scratched the surface with Din and Mandalorian culture, like Luke said, and and no, no, not even one episode was driven by this 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 Mandalorian issue at all. I mean, Din's past didn't even drive episodes. It's just we've gone two seasons and we've just scratched the surface of his story and and what are the consequences now of him wielding this power that he doesn't even understand. And his entire life may have been fed as just like a lie or as like Luke said, a completely different perspective uh, than may be the predominant perspective or the right one or the wrong, who knows. But it's going to make for a fascinating season three that I think is going to be very different from what we've seen in, in the past couple seasons, and I'm down for that. Like, let's we don't really need any more introductions here. I, yeah, maybe a few more Mandalorian introductions. That's great, but like, I don't think we need Bo Katan flying. Well, maybe Bo Katan. Okay, she's an exception because she's a Mandalorian. <laughs> I was but, like, you better be careful. But we don't need Ahsoka flying in. Like, it'll. Are we even going to see any more Boba Fett? Like, he's got his own show. Like, it's going to be really fascinating to see. Uh, where we go, but I mean, we really need to focus on Din and his past and his future and, and how he got where he is now. The great um, part about Boba is does he care about this? It, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I assume he doesn't care about this Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, Civil War idea, yeah. but maybe he does. Maybe, maybe he will play a part. Yeah, it's going to be, the book of Boba Fett's going to be fascinating. I have no idea what we're getting, but I think that's going to be a lot of it. I think that's yeah, he doesn't really care. He's got his armor, and is it just payback time now? <laughs> like, for the things that have happened to him personally? He, he doesn't seem like he cares about the culture. Maybe family, no. but the the people who have kind of wronged him, I mean, I, that feels like it's what drives Boba. Um, so it'd be nice to see some old familiar Boba. This old kind of, you know, good guy Boba threw me off a little bit. I didn't know what to expect. I thought he was going to turn on someone at any moment. He probably will. Let's Good be guy, honest. Boba. Good guy, Boba. But uh, when's that show come out? Though in a couple of months, right? Well, a few gosh, months. yeah, December. <laughs> December. Yeah. The next the time is flying by in 2021. We've got we've got a lot on the horizons. And speaking of uh, what's on the horizon here, in just a couple weeks, we have Star Wars Visions coming to Disney Plus. Um, our you know short film anime style uh star wars content that we've never ever received before this is a huge win for anime nerd fans um i'm super pumped for them i am not one of them and that is not out of like oh it's just not my style it's just i've just never got into anime i don't even know who would have introduced me to anime uh because you know i really don't know anyone who 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 watches who who reads um, uh, Holly, are you a big anime fan at all? I mean, we talked about your your Fast and the Furious uh, infatuation, but are you an anime fan? Uh, no, okay. I. But it's not. It's not because I've seen anime. Yeah, exactly. I've been like this isn't for me. Exactly. I just haven't been exposed to it. Really, haven't. Yeah. yeah, and I will say, I was telling Luke and Michael earlier. I mean, you know, when everyone's little, they love those movies i mean yeah i never got into like i don't even know if like pokemon and stuff is considered anime i don't think that it is yeah. but like that kind of like animation style yeah that was not popular when i was 
little and it wasn't anything that kids in America would really watch on like mainstream television, you know? So I think it just like, especially not in rural Maine, <laughs> it just wasn't Great available. Point. Great point. Yeah. It's that over the top kind of, kind of that stuff that a lot of star Wars fans love and they don't just often get it. And I think that's going to be really appealing to those. A lot of our guys in the group that love the epic, you know, the fight sequences and things like that. You can get that in anime. The closest thing to anime, and this is like just uh, the closest thing to anime I think I've ever got was Power Rangers. Like it's not anime, but it's like it's still that kind of over the top kind of Japanese, you know, influence. That's that's as close to, you know, Japanese influence in my media that I've ever gotten. Um, I, I think I could be a fan of this. And I think, you know, the fact that it's Star Wars related is going to reel me in. And I think that's a huge intention of it, like to expand Star Wars culture to people. Uh, you know, that are making awesome content, give them, you know, another opportunity. This is just another reason why it's so great that George Lucas sold the franchise. I know that sounds terrible, but like we wouldn't be getting these things if George Lucas, he'd still be, well, we're going to just continue the Clone Wars, we're going to make this other. It just, it wouldn't be what it is. We wouldn't be getting all this, you know, creative input from other cultures or like other directors like we have with The Mandalorian. That, that wouldn't be happening because. He could not relinquish control of anything. So I think it's great what they're doing. Uh, Luke, are you excited? I mean, the, I didn't really know what to make of the trailer. I had no idea what was going on. It sounded like Master Splinter was speaking to me in the beginning of it. It was freaking epic. I love it when, when just you're getting some, some wisdom from a master. It, it was epic. But w what did you think? Ten backflips. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, now, this might not be a popular thing to say, but I've often had like a viscerally strongly negative reaction <laughs> to the anime I have yeah. been exposed to. Um, it does rub me the wrong way. With a lot of the stuff I've seen. Um, I've had friends uh, over the years who are into it. And so I've kind of seen when they've had it on and, uh, some of the, like, um, the, the the scenes where you just see like close ups of people's like grunting straining faces back yeah. and forth very yeah. quickly <laughs> yeah. and then there's a bunch of lights flashing and yeah. yelling uh, I don't like <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> um, but this is Star Wars so I'm definitely going to give it a try a lot of the um, you know th there's different styles of the artwork you can see in yep. the different um, sort of episodes you're going to get so I think I think some of them I'll cringe at yeah. and others I think are look really cool. Like there's the one in the previews you can see that is more of like a subdued color palette. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it look it just has like a more mature, yes. serious look to it. Um, that really intrigued me. But then you see the ones that look a little more like bright colors, kitty. Yeah. Um, you know, that I might visually or like other aesthetics part of it, not like as much. But I definitely intrigued. Some of the like little story blurbs they've put out seem really interesting. And it's just going to be like this no pressure, fun thing to check out. You know, yeah. you're not concerned about how does it tie in. I mean, so there's some characters that we know that will appear, but it's like in this safe, non canony space. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's check it out. Which could yeah. make it super fascinating with 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 the different you know animation styles and things like that. It could be one of the one of the 
most appealing like like this this series the seven i think it's seven short films or something seven to nine i, I don't remember i think it's uh, nine nine because i think there's like seven different animation studios but there's yeah. nine episodes yeah. and you're right though they are vastly different so it could be super appealing like we may kind of gravitate towards that you know like you mentioned that more mature one but younger generations may be hooked i know you know resistance was kind of that way for some folks um, could hook in just a completely different, you know, generation of fans and, and, and culture even. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's also a, a felt like a huge influence for some female heroes here, heroines. I, I thought that was super cool. At least a lot of the trailers seem to kind of give that impression that we're going to see a lot of female driven uh, action, which could be super awesome. Uh, and some over the top stuff. Like it looked like a, a Swiss army knife of laser swords at some point, like just twirling around and stuff. Uh, that's cool. A little over the top, but whatever. But like Luke said, it's not really canon. And that kind of takes some of the pressure off. Like you said, like let's just enjoy it for what it is. And and I think that gives them some leeway to tell some really awesome stories. I think the duel you're going to see, which is one of the short films, you're going to see Sith and Jedi, but it's going to have more Japanese history influence on, on, their their past and i think that'd be super cool because that's where george lucas essentially came up with the idea uh, of these factions and these religions it's a there's a huge japanese influence so it's nice that we're going to be paying some homage to to that um and giving people an opportunity that never ever would have had you know this moment if george lucas were still at the at the, at the helm um Holly, i'm any, kind of curious yeah, yeah. just how long they'll be um, short, very short. I think it looks like they're they're releasing them all on the same day, so it's not yeah. like they're going to release one a week for nine weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wonder what the t- kind of total runtime is of these things. Yeah. yeah. I don't. You know, I don't think that I know enough. Yeah. About the importance of anime, especially in yeah. like Japanese culture, to really have too much of an opinion about where I stand yeah. on how you know, impactful these will be. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that I probably need to do a little bit more research yeah. into to have a better opinion and then watch them and see. Um, but, you know, like you guys have said, and Michael, you were just saying, I think that it's really great that Star Wars has such a huge international reach. I mean, the books have been translated into all different mm-hmm. languages. People all over the world love Star Wars. Star Wars is iconic. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And so I think to give fans who are not just like American fans, you know, a spin on something that they can identify with a little bit more closely in their own culture is very important, especially for how much of an impact this has had on people's lives around the world. So I think, you know, that in itself, I think is very cool. Yeah. It's further representation, right? Like we're, that's what we're seeing, you know, Disney doing a a decent job of. Um, And we'll see how it goes. I mean, this could be extremely polarizing. There are some not so great, you know, corners of anime that can be overly sexualized and it just can feel a little like anti-feminine at times. There's some culture there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what, what we're getting out of here. I can't imagine Disney I mean, playing into that too much. But it's like that in American film too. So 100%. it's kind of, so it's like, 100%. I don't know. I think a lot of people try to make that comparison and act like anime is just like a bunch of like infantized women yeah. with big eyes who are like super sexualized but like when do you oh, not see that in american culture too so it's, it's like every comic it's, book that's ever yeah been made. so it's yeah. definitely like 
not really a fair comparison, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will. It and will. I have heard people talking about like the multiple ways to experience the show. Cause you can watch it. You are, you will be able to watch it in the original Japanese yeah. uh, voice actors with subtitles or there's um, English actors doing uh, a dubbed version, essentially all in English. And uh, the cast list for the English um, actors, the English speaking um, audio is interesting. They have, you know, some names that stand out to me are uh, Lucy Liu, mm-hmm. Joseph oh, Gordon Lovett, uh, what? Bobby Moynihan, Tamira Mo- Morrison is playing the voice of Boba Fett. Okay, awesome. So, uh, Mark Thompson, who's known for doing a lot of the audio books and awesome. does a lot of impressions, is in there. Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> uh, wow. Allison Allison Brie of uh, Community and Mad Love Men Allison fame. Brie. That's awesome. Um, trying to see if there's any others that jump on at me that I know. I don't know. A lot of the other ones that I'm seeing, but those, the those that I mentioned uh, are interesting to see. Oh, George Takei, awesome! Star from Star Trek. Yeah. How is Mark yeah. Hamill not in that list? I mean, how are we not getting yeah, him to do? Some maybe voice? there'll be some some bonus sort of cameo, uncredited characters. I don't look, yeah. guys. I didn't. I didn't realize yeah. that Mark Hamill played the bartender droid in the Mandalorian. They were like on the documentary. They were showing like a bunch of different characters that he had like stepped in and done some voice acting for that. Like I was like, I love my brain exploding. They got to get him in the door somehow. Someone would have seen Mark Hamill going, dude, just chill. He's just doing voice acting stuff for us. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Uh, Oh, wait, Luke Skywalker. You didn't mention he was wearing the robe. Okay. Oh, snap. That's why they went to his house first. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that I, this is just me. I think that I would prefer to watch it in the original with the original Japanese mm-hmm. voice actors and then have the subtitles. But I will also probably watch it with the English speaking yeah. voice actors dubbed over because I'm always curious. Maybe Disney Plus will do it differently, but I feel like sometimes when you do that, they actually like the dialogue is different and they say different things yeah. and different things are implied. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see if it's like literally like word for word the same or if mm-hmm. things are different. I've had really, we've watched, you know, international films that, you know, are, are translated and, and they'll dub over English and we're like, God, we feel like we're really <laughs> missing out on the performance there from the actor. Now with anime, I don't know. With it being so over the top, I might have to have my eyes peeled to what's going on. I may need those English dubs because I won't know what the hell's going on. I'm just reading the text. So um, it's going to be interesting. This is it's such a cool time, and we're, there's so much content coming out. Um, but it's awesome that we're excited for this stuff. And we also, I mean, we've got freaking Obi-Wan coming. We've got the Book of Boba Fett. There's so much that's going to be happening soon. Uh, we're not going to be prepared for it. No. Nope. We're not going to be ready. Um, but, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on Visions? Nope. That is it. Guys, we are so happy to be back. We're so happy that you're back with us and listening and tuning in. Uh, I can't appreciate you enough uh, for being patient with us. Like I said, lots happened. Uh, Will the audio of the fallen tree ever be revealed? I don't know. I've I've grappled with it. I have, and that's a hard no. It's a hard no. You will not be listening. Okay. Good to know. Um, I'm also appreciative to our, our patrons out there. Um, who were at the book club, and we, we still have to reschedule that, so be patient with us. 
Um, we are going to finish up that discussion at some point. Sans tree falling. Please. Um, so, you know, we, we I think we've gotten over our jitters. We feel comfortable being in the loft again. We feel comfortable podcasting. Um, but maybe that Rogue One novel is just bad, bad, bad. Maybe maybe we don't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we just maybe move on. Maybe we don't on. tempt fate it's here. A, we just move on to the next, next book. book. I mean, who, who next book. Who knows? We'll definitely make an announcement for you guys so you can read along. But um, I'm sure we'll end up doing another a new recap that's a little less uh, traumatic. But I appreciate you guys uh, listening in. At some point, video will be back there on the tubes. Uh, but right now, it's kind of nice to just sit back, crack open a beer, talk with my friends about Star Wars and, and getting caught up on stuff. Um, there's more to come. We have comics to catch up on, uh, all sorts of good stuff uh, coming our way. So um, we love you guys. Uh, appreciate you. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. And uh, as always, may the Force be with you.